1: Alt
0: and classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to a brand new episode of Cult and Classic Films Podcast, the podcast where we bring you two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult, and talk about them both. This is part two of our Splash into the Noir year uh, pairing. Yes, uh, last week we talked about the sort of legendary 1950 film Sunset Boulevard. Uh, And in this film, which also features someone dying or near dying in a pool in Los Angeles County, uh, we're talking about the sort of comedy, satire, family drama Down and Out in Beverly Hills from 1986. This is uh, another star-studded film, albeit from decades uh, later. This movie stars Richard Dreyfuss, Nick Nolte, Bette Midler, among others. It is... Sort of, I mean, it's a, it's, I would argue this is a cult classic film. For example, I think it's well known enough, like it's, it's known well enough, um, to, to be considered a sort of mainstream film. But for example, it was never even released on Blu-ray, so in the United States, so um, you can watch it on streaming HD, but uh, the HD, it's not restored, and uh, again. It hasn't been released. Uh, I have a feeling this may actually get a Criterion release at some point in the future. Just call it a hunch. Just call it a a well-informed hunch. But this movie um, is... as I said, it's a comedy. Uh, it met to critical acclaim and did really well in the box office. So it's a little strange that it's not readily available, especially with the star-studded cast. But we'll get into all the details about the plot, its eccentricities, where it succeeded, where it might have failed, and all that jazz. I, of course, am your host, Knight Wyckoff, film critic and comedian. And with me today, I have panelist Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy?
1: I'm doing great. Happy Friday. Or Happy whatever day Friday. that you're listening yeah. to this.
0: We we record on Fridays generally and we post on Tuesdays, but God knows when. Just kidding. We always post <laughs> at five AM, five AM Pacific Standard Time, uh on Tuesdays. So, okay, to get to the plot, this movie uh is about really rich family. Uh, Richard Dreyfus is the uh, patriarch, Bette Midler is the matriarch. They have a college-age daughter who is going to Vassar, I believe. And a young son interested in filmmaking who is uh, living at home, and they also have a live-in maid named Carmen, played by Elizabeth Pena, who uh, is a, quite an accomplished actress. I think, I think if I if I wanted to pick the one film most people have seen to to say what she played, she was um, the assistant in The Incredibles who recruited Mister Incredible uh, and worked for the bad guy. She voiced that character. Uh, but there's many others uh, we have Tracy Nelson in there as well as the daughter Evan Richards plays the son Max uh, Mike the dog is Matisse the dog and there's lots of one scene or or close to one seed characters and I can't really forget to mention that little Richard plays uh, a side character in this movie and is is pretty pretty iconic in this film So amazing and and Nick Nolte Nick Nolte, who is one of my favorite actors, uh, uh, unironically, really awesome actor, uh, plays a homeless man who uh, is is passing through Beverly Hills. And while he's asleep, uh, his dog wanders off and is Kerouac and is taken uh, as a stray by a passerby with food. So he panics, can't find his dog, uh, sort of gets... The bum rush so to speak uh, while trying to find his dog and he ends up wandering into the uh, Richard Dreyfuss's family's enormous Beverly Hills backyard that has a big pool he fills his jacket full of rocks and tries to kill himself in the pool Richard Dreyfus, who is uh we're just going to blow it all up having an affair with his live-in maid uh doesn't have a physical relationship with Bette Midler his wife who is addicted to um uh sort of new age uh, yoga and meditation and all that stuff with their guru uh he sees this man fall into his pool and he rushes out to save him and he does save him despite uh jerry the nick nolte's character not wanting to be saved he ends up taking nick nolte's character in and it's this really interesting farce about um like wealthy society because no one in the wealthy family is happy the daughter is not eating uh she seems to have some sort of eating disorder she's also very annoyingly 20 or thereabouts um really really uh uh I was written really well yes very very recognizable right off the bat sort of you know the kind of person that would walk into the room and go I'm vegan and then proceed to sort of berate everybody about it uh And Max, as I said, is clearly experiencing some coming of age with his sexual identity. Uh, he doesn't, he, but he doesn't feel comfortable talking to his parents. Bette Midler and and Richard Dreyfuss' characters are again, sort of not communicating effectively. He's having an affair. She's uh, just sh- shopping to fill the void. Anyway, so Richard Dreyfus thinks that he is a good person, Despite being incredibly wealthy and having so much, while someone like Jerry, a homeless person, seems to have so little, and so what he does is he ends up taking Jerry in and trying to. At first, it seems like he's trying to make Jerry into a a, a what what we could say is a quote unquote respectable member of society, right? He cleans him up, he gets him a he tries to get him a job. Jerry says, "No, I don't want it. Uh, it's too much responsibility." And Jerry tells them, spins them these these yarns about how essentially he was like, used to be rich, uh, used to be kind of a star. He was an actor. Uh, he was a writer. Um, he has. Uh, I
1: think he, I don't think he ever told them he was a writer. I think that's the only thing that you actually find out from a third party.
0: It's true, which but makes it possibly true. he told them that his sister true.
1: had leukemia. He told and, them yep. that he'd driven a Rolls Royce when he was in grad school in London.
0: London? He told, London.
1: Yeah, he told them all kinds of insane things in response to like conversation or questions that he was directly asked right so he wasn't like necessarily just making up a bunch of this stuff like a con artist on the street Mm -hmm. so that they would give him money or take him home like they kind of pushed him for information like oh like have you ever ridden in a rolls royce he's like well yeah you know like some crazy crazy bullshit yeah right (laughs) um and then he's like oh you've ever like i think Richard Drive has like asked him if he's ever been married, and he's like, Oh yeah, twice. And then like they're drunk, and he's like, Have you actually ever been married? He's like, No. <laughs> like, yeah. So clearly he's just coming up with shit like off the cuff, like when he's being prodded. It's
0: really hard to tell, right? We don't really know anything, what if mm-hmm. anything is true or not? Because he well, does. The only have... real
1: thing that you know is that he used to be a writer because we the assume, third party we assume came up.
0: A, someone walked up and said, I remember you at Sundance, right? Yeah. And he also can quote uh, famous monologues mm-hmm. as one might expect an actor and maybe a writer, uh, a, a a film or a stage writer. And mm-hmm. he can play the piano beautifully and he's clearly educated. So And he can give an
1: amazing massage.
0: That's right. That's right. So you really, he says these things and then at the end of the movie they confront him and he's like, he's like, no, you just, I just, he's like, real tragedy is boring like yeah. no one wants to hear about it. I I just I just made everybody happy essentially. I just did for everyone what they really wanted me to do. And and essentially by context, I was just who they wanted me to be. And it's really this fascinating chameleon effect that he admits to, but we still don't know if it's true. Everything could be true because he is kind of a remarkable character. Yeah. Um and the only thing that he says that we know is true because we watched it is um is at the end of the film when Richard Dreyfus is fighting him uh, in the pool again, and he says, uh, You're a I don't remember what he says, but he's like, No, I'm a survivor. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Or maybe
0: he says that even earlier, actually. I think maybe they weren't fighting in the pool at the time, but they're in the pool, and he says, I'm a survivor. Meaning, and and it, it's true, right? Especially living on the streets. Now, interesting side note uh, Nick Nolte, this is kind of a famous story about this film. Nick Nolte um, basically went onto the streets, uh, and went off the grid, apparently, when nobody could reach him for five weeks, uh, as a homeless person to, to sort of prepare for this role. Um, and when he, he came, I believe it was supposed to be longer, but he did come out. He's like, it's, I'm going to go insane. Basically. He's like the, essentially there's interviews you can read about. It's it's very fascinating, but he's like the, the loneliness really is what I think he, he ultimately said it was, it was, it was mind crumbling. Uh, how and how how bizarre it is, and how alone you are, and how just desperately empty the your your days are. and <laughs> it's it's fascinating this character then Jerry, because one, by the way, he does an amazing job. I mean, physically, he, I mean, I live in Southern California. I lived in Orange County for quite a time. and and and, of course, down here in the desert, there are a lot of homeless people because part of the year, at least there it's a decent environment to live in. He is he very much uh, he he, he's a big man but he hunches to make himself less apparent he has the the rough voice of course always um he has the demeanor right he doesn't make eye contact frequently he doesn't start conversations very often uh it's, it's just a very very accurate feeling uh role but what's so this this movie is actually based on a french play and the play has been turned into movies many times here and in france uh, probably elsewhere as well um i want to talk a little more about uh the the plot and how it progresses before we get into um the play the i'm not going to terrify everyone with my horrible french pronunciation but um the translated the original play is uh, badu saved from drowning so uh <clears throat> and it takes place in france so this does transplant it to beverly hills through i loved mandy how in in our text chain leading up to this you said this movie could have been titled what did you say
1: jerry sleeps with everyone or jerry yeah, has sex have, with everyone
0: jerry has sex with everyone it's yeah. because he sort of does um uh, right like it's interesting too he knows that that um richard dreyfus's character is having an affair with the the maid and the maid seems to be very much sort of in a not just a fling but like love relationship with him mm-hmm. uh and uh, I mean, if everyone has different views on infidelity. I, I think Colton Classic Films podcast does not condone infidelity, um, but it does present it in a not black and white scenario. He tries to be physical with his wife. She doesn't want anything to do with it. It is a, clearly there are many factors going on that like, we don't initially and, see. And
1: I think that as you learn, like from Bette Miller's character, like, I don't know, it there's a blurry line of consensual non-monogamy going right. on. She's aware She's aware, of and she's like almost encouraging of it because she's hoping it will relight his spark for her as well. So it's like she's not stopping it. She's aware of it. She's not necessarily even super outwardly upset about it. But then again, it hasn't been discussed between the two primary partners in that marriage, exactly. and therefore not actually consensual non-monogamy.
0: that's that's correct and it's and it's also one of those things that makes you think uh you know which is a big topic of discussion these days is um how how common really is or how effective really is a a a monogamous relationship as the norm versus uh, you know it can be the norm but not be the only option and but because it's taboo in our in our culture uh at at least united states culture uh we we still have primarily christian
1: culture christian puritanical background yeah um other i like, i i believe like uh the other major religions are also fairly frowning Mm. upon at least female non-monogamy uh yeah (laughs) men were that's
0: true that's true and even a little more
1: leeway i don't know how that exactly works out because they're usually having sex with a woman because having sex with a man is not okay right that's right but it's just like very much a double standard uh yeah so, well, and it's interesting
0: you have. Um, so so as as mentioned at the beginning, this is, I think, fairly clearly meant primarily as a satire, sort of lambasting the rich uh, in mm-hmm. our society. And it's shocking. I mean, it shouldn't be, but it is shocking how I mean, this movie is uh, almost 40 years old uh this how we 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 really haven't gone anywhere different this is absolutely still accurate uh mm-hmm. I have to say my wife and I were watching this and and my wife is a long time as like a lifelong California resident was like cringing at all of the um decor because she's like this this is what I grew up around like this is it mm-hmm. um and it's so true uh, It just really nails it
1: like but, the armchair upholstered dining room table chairs oh God, that's what like really jumped out at me it's
0: like weird everything is like a beige or a like or a, a sort of fleshy pink or maybe a really muted mint turquoise mm-hmm. mix uh yes. it's just it's wild um it, it is wild and we get a great opening and closing uh montage of scenes uh in this movie uh, based on the talking heads uh music which um It's just really, it really effectively gets you right into what you're going to be watching. But so Jerry, you said Jerry has sex with everyone um, as the title. And it's, (laughs) it's true. Uh, All the female characters in the film, basically um, he first, when he, so Richard his character first takes him in sort of feeling guilty because it opens on Thanksgiving and ends near Christmas or New Year's rather Christmas, Christmas, I guess. Um, And at first he's like doing like, I'm, I'm, I'm paying back. Like I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I'm a good person. Right. Uh, and then it's sort of, he ends up kind of living vicariously through Nick Nolte as like a homeless adjacent man. Uh, yeah. and, and that gives him a sense of freedom, right? Like he goes and spends the night with a bunch of beach bums, uh, uh, you know, forgive the term, but uh, people who are, are, are homeless and living on the beach uh, with jerry and he gets drunk and seems to have a great time and that's where he he comes clean although jerry knows about the uh, fling he's having with his housekeeper and then and he's actually says he's like actually i think my wife should have one too like it will loosen her up it'll basically this is sort of the same thing she said about him having it she mm-hmm. he hoped that it would sort of get her back in the swing of things and mm-hmm. shortly thereafter she has an affair with jerry uh and and I don't, it's not really clear that, that Richard Dreyfuss' character ever directly knows about that. Um, we kind of assume he does, uh, I guess, because nothing seems very, as you said, nothing is really hidden, but nothing is communicated between these characters, mm-hmm. uh, except for Jerry. Jerry's the yeah. only one that talks to the people about the actual situation. And then uh, he and uh, Richard Dreyfuss and Bette Midler's relationship starts to get better. After that point, at which point Jerry starts to have an affair with Carmen, the housekeeper, not an affair, that neither of them are married, starts to have a sexual relationship with Carmen, um, because which she initiates because she's jealous, right? Because all of a sudden right, revenge sex. And uh, and which of course infuriates Richard. It's the one thing that actually then infuriates Richard Dreyfus's character, which of course you know it brings up the comment like well he's he's having a relationship with his wife who he loves but now he's jealous because his mistress is having a relationship so that's the turning point for him and then it goes farther because his daughter comes home from school and she is being very obnoxious and this is definitely not something that would probably have hit the screen the way it does now uh mm-hmm. today uh because she's sort at of berating she's like
1: 19 or 20 sure right? at, at a minimum she's like 18 she's
0: <laughs> yes, and uh, we can assume she's probably a little older. I think she even says she's twenty at some point or something like yeah. that. But regardless, she's she's college age. She is a, a consensual adult as far as the law goes. But um, she's berating him, saying essentially he's a con man, uh, and that yeah. he needs to leave in the middle of the night. And he grabs her and kisses him in the way that um, these sort of '90s, '80s romantic <laughs> trysts happen. And then she's like, "Well, this is actually which." We get it comes back later when he's like, I just gave everyone what they want. And he does have yeah. this knack of doing exactly what the people really want, and seemingly what mm-hmm. they need to some extent, because instantly after she starts eating, right? And her dad's like, You're yeah. eating. And then she says, Yeah, I'm in love with Jerry. It's great. And that's when everything blows up. Um, right. and there's this big uh they have a they're having a big Christmas slash New Year's, I guess, party, and um, everything sort of erupts. And then we get to the 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 falling action after that climax of when they're like is any of this even true what you told us and he's like no like none of it's true and he's like i'm i'm leaving and they're like good and so he takes back his ratty clothes and the dog comes with him there's a family dog that has been a monster but he knows how to communicate with the dog and it's interesting because we get a lot of shots of the dog looking Mm -hmm. at the people and they are quite it's an interesting technique because Oftentimes we call it the cat in the window shot or the oh shit shot in theater or in film where you get a cutaway of something that's in the room but not really relevant. Um, it's like the cat, you know, in the window or whatever. And they often use that to cover up continuity errors, something that wasn't filmed right, something that didn't come through. In this case, though, it's clearly not, it's used a lot. It's not the oh shit shot. It's- no,
1: It's like the looking glass.
0: Yeah, right? It's, we're seeing the dog observing this as we're mm-hmm. observing this and he does a lot of back and forth watching between the people which is interesting um but they send <laughs> and matisse. marrying
1: of uh affairs
0: <laughs> totally totally that that had me laughing a
1: lot. It, the,
0: and the movie is funny
1: i I, yeah. I laughed
0: a lot at this movie um and eventually he le- he leaves they send matisse with him because the dog only listens to him anyway and he tries to this is an interesting point so he goes in the alleyway they all see him off basically like get out kind of vibe and he finds pate or dog food i think it is actually pate canned pate in the trash and he's like come on matisse this is the good stuff and matisse is like i don't want that and he's like no it's good and then he finds that he can't make himself eat it anymore and then the family shows up and they all start cracking smiles and he's like let's have some espresso matisse and he goes back in and they all file back in the backyard and then The door closes and interestingly enough in the background we see a homeless person wheeling a shop cart shopping cart farther down so it's an interesting it's an interesting choice in endings the first thing that struck me about this ending is it was it's i it's what i call a pretty woman ending right i doubted instantly because i actually hadn't seen this film before Uh, i doubted instantly that this was how it was intended originally to end it mm. seems very hollywood very it's not it's not bad necessarily i mean the idea that he's sort of become the symbol of you could almost assume high and mightiness right he can read everyone 100 percent, and yet mm-hmm. they have been hide, trying to hide from each other this whole time and he blowed the whole thing open and now he's like actually i don't want to be homeless <laughs> right he's like actually mm-hmm. i did get used to the good life and he goes in you can read that and that's an interesting concept but um It almost feels like it to me, it felt a little more legitimate that he actually would leave. Uh, And interestingly (laughs) enough, so I looked into this. Now, the original play is different in that uh, primarily in that at the end, um, the maid does is like, I do love him. And they and he wins the lottery by shocking chance. So they're like, well, you two can get married and so they have the ceremony and i don't know if it's i i don't know that i haven't read it but apparently they're on a ship essentially for the ceremony and something happens and he's washed away at sea and he lands somewhere and everybody's looking for him but instead of going back he trades his his fancy suit for rags and goes back to being a, a homeless person um And because we don't really, because we don't know what's true about his life, you can Mm -hmm. sort of, he's a blank slate in that way. Uh, We only know him through his actions, which is a really cool tool, right? Because they built this character that we essentially have zero trust in as far as fact. But everything he says emotionally is actually correct. So it's like the mental part is right the 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 factual part is a complete mystery um and it clearly i would assume he wants it that way right it's that whole responsibility element and they kind of touch on that like he doesn't want to take a job because it's too much responsibility right um so i don't know it's just a different take on it i do think that it sort of fits the vibe of this show to have him come back because it isn't a heavy even though there are serious aspects of it you know like difficulty in marriages um potential like homosexuality or non non binary gender identity mm-hmm. um it, we have these serious things but it's it's done in a in a sort of a safe fashion right it's comic um i don't think it really i don't think it i think it does a good job of not ever like attacking anybody but the most affluent um mm-hmm. and that's effective It definitely you know, doesn't you,
1: seem like it punches down Yes. exactly not that exactly. kind of movie
0: yeah um so anyway so that's what i i found interesting about the end uh but
1: yeah i also thought it was funny like the the um the changes of richard driver's expression like through that little tiny scene is like sort of like you said like he described everyone in the family sort of smirking and inviting yeah. him back kind of like they're like you can actually eat off the ground with the dog like out of the garbage anymore like you can't you don't want to be there you want to be with us kind of um and then he's like you know let's go get that cappuccino so he goes back in and Richard Diver's like at first he's also sort of smug like ha 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 like I knew like I had domesticated this person uh you know he's got a taste of the good life and he doesn't want to go back and I you know ha ha like almost like over on him and then like as he's walking back and he's like the last one that goes in and he's walking back in he sort of has this like oh shit look on his face like right. what have I done to myself like this my is life a permanent is... fixture Yeah. Other... <laughs> other than my daughter going back to not eating because her heart is broken and she was basically like I don't know not assaulted but like had one pulled over on her kind she of she was coerced like... yeah. coerced Yeah, uh, unsincere partner um well, other than to that to be fair we don't like even everything really know is in pretty, there's pretty good yeah shape. And,
0: and as far as the unsincere partner it's kind of strange because we don't really know he didn't he yeah, literally said nothing he said yeah, nothing that's um, true. so it's interesting and and, and it does <laughs> make you think that this is this family is going to continue in some form altogether right mm-hmm. like they're they're going to have some sort of strange relationship uh i think of Anybody who's watched the most recent season of Rick and Morty has seen has seen the the scene where is it Rick's parents? Well obviously it must it must be um not Rick's parents rather uh uh Morty's dad's Jerry's parents come and they have with them a young black man. And uh basically it comes up like so who is this? And like oh well he's he's our lover. And they've taken him as their third, you know, polyamorous partner, and yeah. it's made their life so much better. And of their course, triad. everybody else is like, yeah. right, yeah. is shocked. So it's it's sort of like, is that, th- that kind of gives you the vibe. We don't know what relationships will carry on in what form, but there's going to be some strange, both sexual and non-sexual relationship happening in this house. Like, they are dysfunctional, and with him, they are seemingly more functional, uh and it is so it's a very interesting like it's just a very interesting movie that way and to talk about some of the things that had me cracking up that are just br- but also some things that just turn my stomach because they're funny and they shouldn't be because they're so real is uh one of the early on there's a big dinner party at the at the house
1: their thanksgiving and, like, party
0: it was their thanksgiving party <laughs> thanksgiving and like it's dinner. got one set which of makes grand it pe-
1: even worse
0: Oh, it's so rough. It's so rough. And it's what prompts Richard Dreyfus's character to feel kind of guilty, right? that sort of potentially prompts him to take in this person. Um, and it's sort of got this it's just, for example, Carmen, who is treated as part like not, she's she's a, she's a maid, but it's that whole like, well, you're part of the family, too, kind of like it's <laughs> there's always a hierarchy, and that comes into play um but she's serving the food and i don't know if it was one of the it was the grandparent or somebody else said like um uh so how are you and it's like, oh my my brother is is still in uh, i think she said mexico um or somewhere south american i don't know where her character character's from, i don't remember but uh but he's he's trying to come here but he has to it's hard he has to find work and like oh what does he do And it's like he she cut he cut sugar cane and so maybe it's 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 cuba or something and she <laughs> says um and and one of them goes, well, not much call for that in Los Angeles. And they all laugh. And you're just like, this is so... That just... It's so... It's so myopic and narrow and completely just shits on the struggle of people who are not affluent and not lucky, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. And we get things like that all throughout this movie, and which is why it's so much fun when after uh carmen and jerry have sexual relations he's given her a bunch of marxist and communist books and yeah. she starts putting the posters up in her room. And, like, when Richard Dreyfus comes in as like one of their nightly dailyances, she's like, "No, you you just think of me as like the the you were the boss. You were the you're you the colonizer. The, you're the colonizer. And I'm just the child that will do whatever you want and no more." And he's like, "What the hell? Like, and I loved that sort of, and she she literally wears, like um Che Guevara, like fatigues the rest of the movie even though she's she's working and <laughs> which i love <laughs> um and and that's just like this great moment that of course richard drive has has wanted this but now he's invited this in his house and now it's sort of unraveling the the comforts he had right um that 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 really are bourgeois and yeah. uh and and he does things like the the balls to, like he at certain points says um near the end like uh like the 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 mexicans are 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 threatening to strike or you know they're revolting or whatever because his his wealth comes from making hangers for hotel chains and his plant is in mexico and he's saying this and yet he's sleeping with his uh latina maid who has who doesn't have a green card and whose family is still out of the country and wants to come in like her the, the brother amount... is
1: looking for work looking for work and, and at this point he's offering employer so many jobs
0: owns a
1: factory
0: that's right and we find out later he owns trailer parks he yes. owns land so he's yes. like and and he's and he's not offering jobs to her the woman who uh to be coarse is
1: polishing his
0: dick right I mean, <laughs> he's not offering anything polishing to her. more than the silverware right and and yet he's offering it to this homeless person that he just happened to take in who essentially didn't want anything. I loved. I mean, he's white. He... Right. So. Exactly. Right. He's white. And Richard Dreyfus sees himself in this person. Like he says at one point, like there for the grace of God, go I. Right. And yeah. to which Bette Miller's character is like, Oh, please. But at the same <laughs> time, he kind of does. And.
1: I honestly thought that's where this movie was going. And I was a little disappointed that like Richard Dreyfus's character didn't end up on the street, yeah. And like Gary end have up that way, like taking his spot, like literally it, taking over the business.
0: They could have played it, living that way, right? in his
1: house, like possibly, like setting up with Bette Midler, or you know, yeah. with with the maid as a side, you know, like just. I was a little bit like disappointed that they didn't take it that far. But, like, not having known what the source material was of the play. It looks like the play definitely, like, that character keeps with, like, kind of what he had chosen was, like, working for him at that point in time. Well, um, and it's also like the,
0: yeah, it's also like the, the reality that we're generally only willing to improve to a certain discomfort level right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we're, we're all like, we're podcasting, right? Like it's, it's not a struggle for a middle-class American to make a podcast. It is much different for someone living somewhere else who has less income, less access to the internet or technology that makes it easy to do something like this. Like, it's just uh, uh, money makes things easier. Like there's, it's hard to, or wealth in general makes things easier. It's hard to, it's it's insane to argue otherwise um mm-hmm. and so richard Dreyfus is only willing to go so far until it starts taking away things that he is convenient for him like his mistress mm-hmm. or his uh what do, oh his begonias in the backyard because mm-hmm. because we all know because he knows that jerry is is peeing on his begonias and it's killing his plants um but the things that are in this movie that are just They seem over the top, but they're shockingly accurate, you know, like um, his, his, his landscaper is Asian and he's having, he's looking stressed and he, and his landscaper goes to him and say, Hey, you know, maybe you should take a vacation. Like I have a condo or whatever in like Hawaii, you can go use it. And it's sort of this, I loved that moment because things like that happen and we'd like to think. That it's because it's like well we're just two people it doesn't matter what my job is that you're my employer but two things make it not true one we have a social structure where there's still a hierarchy of quote-unquote job importance and the boss who's rich and pays a landscaper is considered to be higher in society that's built into our culture, whether it's not certainly not true by a human standard. They're both just people, right, mm-hmm. of equal value. But also, I loved that scene because especially when Richard Dreyfus is like, yeah, thanks, and drives away, the landscaper looks after him with pity. Mm. The landscaper, who we would think of, especially in Southern California, it's treated as, which we all use landscapers because we have lots of of plants to tend, grass to tend. I mean, especially down here, we're in the desert, right? Like if you want anything to stay alive, that's not a desert plant, which I think we should all have desert plants. But anyway, uh, it, it's hard. It's a very necessary and important and difficult job. And yet we treat it as sort of a, it's it's like we think of it as like a a low skill job, which it's not. But <laughs> this guy seems to probably have a better life and better life balance than the super rich guy who's employing him. And he recognizes that is what that look seems to say. And I mm-hmm. loved that moment. Um, we also get little Richard as the black neighbor who goes off because in the beginning, the when 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 Richard Dreyfus, when we first see that he's having an affair with Carmen, the dog, of course, very misbehaved at this point, triggers the security alarm. And the police roll out. They bring like a police dog, a couple of cruisers and a helicopter flyover. And of course it's a mistake, right? But then we get little Richard's character running out of his adjacent property, screaming at the cops. Like I called you for a burglar or whatever and 20 minutes before <laughs> anything. And it's because I'm black. And I'm like, boy, this is really on the nose. Um, and then later we get the other side neighbors moving in. It's an Iranian family and we see them driving away. And granted it's, it, there seem to be quite a few wives funneling into the car, but we see them driving Poor
1: away. Daughters, female family Daughter, members. We don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: We don't know. That's the assumption that as a, as a middle-class um, racist white person uh, that I'm sure unintentionally am makes, we see little Richard looking at them and saying, there goes the neighborhood, which is of course, that's truly the American way, right? Like, close the door behind you. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. so funny. It's so funny and so sad, but so funny. And I I just, it's one of those movies where I'm like, yeah, this could be made today. The only difference is, is if it was made today, is Jerry would also have then at the end had sex with Richard Dreyfuss's character. Because Probably. it almost, yeah. it almost, there's almost a, because they physically, it's like the the straight guy version of sex, right? They fight. Yeah they fight and yeah. uh, it's this another release in a pool um, in a mm-hmm. pool. And I love to the, uh my wife and I were watching this and I was like, Oh, this is Rocky horror picture show. Um, <laughs> right like the the yuppies the instead of accepting instead of the yuppies showing up at at uh oh. you know the transvestites house yeah the, um it's the yuppies house and and the the homeless yeah. man shows up but it's right. very similar it just devolves <laughs> into chaos by the end um but everybody's been liberated yeah. uh and i i really liked that i'm like yes this is very much a parallel
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and, and just for for listeners who love sort of high-end hollywood 80s cinema uh this movie was directed and co-written by paul Mazursky. paul Mazursky wrote a lot of i would say a lot of this kind of of comedy and, and dramedy where there's a lot there's humor but there's also a lot of it's character driven right um and and we're talking about like moscow and the hudson which he did uh right before this by a few years um and scenes from a mall which uh had him and, and other writer um uh my brain's freezing here, but uh, Leon Capitanos uh, uh, he did as well with Bette Midler, and that one had Woody Allen opposite her uh, from '91. So it's very much this kind of a vibe. So if you watch this movie, and I urge people to, we'll we'll talk about recommendations in a minute. Uh, and you like it, check out uh, Paul Mazursky's other movies because I think that there's a lot of this kind of intellectual satire, and I think good satire is always. Uh, somehow intellectual and mixes it with the guffaws of of absurdity. Uh, So let's move on to recommendations. Uh, I will start as usual, because I always have spoiled my recommendation by this point. Um, Do I recommend Down and Out in Beverly Hills, 1986, uh, for viewers? Yeah, I do. I think this is a pretty solid... I think it's cult by the nature that it's weirdly being forgotten in many ways, uh, even though it's quite a successful film. I don't think... That it's dated in a way that it's it's superficially dated but the actual content is not is really not dated in any way to me uh living in california for many years now it's it's right on the nose uh and i think and also we didn't really mention the son max um prompted by jerry he he does invite his friends and reveal sort of what he sees as his current self to them and it's uh in in some form of androgyny drag uh and if you look carefully his friends who are also all done up and look really cool in this 80s new wave like um the day my kid turned punk vibe looks uh we see a very young uh, alexis arquette um before before coming out as as trans uh so cool cool little moments, and this movie is rated R as a note. There is some nudity, um, some cursing, but I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing where I think if your kids saw it, you know, they might be like, Oh, like, you know, boobs, but it's not, it's not, uh, overly shocking. And Nick Nolte is nude quite a few times. Um, uh, and, uh, and kudos to them for, for going there. Uh, So yeah, so I recommend this movie. It's a comedy. It's funny. It's not a com You know, I said dramedy as in the drama and comedy combo. Um, but this is pretty pretty solidly in the comedy. Uh, it just happens to have a little more impact, I think, than, than something that's just for laughs. Uh, I recommend it. If you absolutely can't stand Hollywood movies, I still think you can watch this one because this is a higher-end film. I really don't think um, this, isn't, this isn't just popcorn fodder. And everybody, I think, will probably enjoy this to an extent mandy do you recommend down and out in beverly hills 1986 if so why and to who
1: Ah, it was okay (laughs) i liked it more than what about bob which felt like Mm -hmm. a similar movie like Mm -hmm. not exactly i mean it also have richard reifuss in it like as the doctor yeah Mm -hmm. so it's like almost the same character but Mm -hmm. like more directly impacting that like like the doctor's line of work Mm-hmm. and more you know like that whole. so it was, like, it was like similar but not the same i like this one better than that one i would um, agree with that i thought it was more fair to the characters that were written uh, mm-hmm. with, with what happened to them through the film is uh and definitely like a better commentary on like
0: i where mean we are
1: as a the country. little
0: the little details bette midler coming yeah. down to complain about the noise, knowing that her mm-hmm. husband went down to have an affair with the maid, but mm-hmm. found Jerry there. But she's coming yeah. down in her nightclothes and heels, the yeah. clacking of heels. You know what I mean? Like those yeah. little things are just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. There was an attention to detail.
1: But anyway, sure. yeah, it's pretty good. I can't give it like a solid recommend. Like, it, I don't know, but like it, it shouldn't be forgotten. Like it's a, it's a good film
0: yeah I, it's interesting too that to kind of think about this movie is richard dreyfuss had like this boom in his career and then at right before this kind of he was in this slump that came from like the the stories of his addiction and alcohol etc uh and this was sort of a, a movie that sort of brought him back up again um and it's interesting that this was the vehicle because it's sort of like it's sort of a movie about like personal rebirth, right? Like you mm-hmm. learn more about yourself as you go on. Not too much. It's just enough to be, just enough to function and still be fun as someone might say of like the party person, right? Uh, so, so yeah. So I think this one, I was like, I would just hammer home again. I, it's not depressing. It's not like, Mm-mm. you know, um, The Life Aquatic where- um, uh, I Yeah, think it's, it's not depressing.
1: Del- considering it's a film where it opens with someone trying to commit suicide. To commit suicide in a pool. Not actually- like a sad Love, film
0: but by the way i was gonna say one of the best scenes ever in the world is nick nolte having just been dragged out of a pool sat at a table in a house sort of not against his will but just apathetically acquiescing and richard dreyfus feeding him and him and then going oh you could say thank you
1: mm-hmm. and he looks at him and
0: goes for what he's like the food and he goes thanks and he's like do you and I can't remember he says like do you you need do you want some clothes or a jacket and he goes I'm afraid it would merit another thank you (laughs) you know (laughs) like it's just the most because because really it's like what you know it just it makes us think you know it's like holding the door open for someone they don't say anything and you're like jerk but really I mean did did you even he also asked
1: like well he's like do you like say thank you for saving your life I'm like I don't think it works
0: that way no also right exactly it's like it's this, this this it's it's how you know it's how we still have these weird idiosyncrasies that we don't correct when we're faced with a really different scenario than we're used to right he's still going off of this like waspy middle class like proper things and he's like uh i'm homeless and tried to kill myself and you drug me out like i this is not where I planned to be 15 minutes ago. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's just interesting scenes. I, I I enjoyed that. So thank you all so much for listening. As always, please uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. rate us all the stars, write a review. Uh, let us know if you'd like to see or hear something else. You can follow us on YouTube as well. We are slowly but surely bringing all these videos of our conversations up there. So if you prefer to watch, you can see our smiling faces. Go and visit our website. Sign up for our forthcoming newsletter at coltonclassicfilms.com. We have lots of big things in store coming up. And to play us out as always is the Chud with all about evil.